right. Welcome Wildcats to another episode. This is a men's hoops episode of Weber State Weekly. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I am your host, a man who was a student at Weber State from 2009 until 2011. And I missed out seeing Damian Lillard play. I'm Colby Peterson. On the show today, we got a man who missed the Yellowstone fire of 1988 by a single day, Dustin Chapman. I actually remember I was age seven and we were there the night it started. And I remember driving out of the park because we happened to be driving out of the park and seeing smoke and the rest was history with Yellowstone. Yeah. Uh, next we have uh, a man who missed seeing Lauren. Oh yeah. No, that's yours. John King, Sean, you didn't give me your quip. What's your quip, man. I did give you my quip. I, I said, I, I missed out on the entire 2003 oh. Weaver state basketball season. And that is memorable because the cats went undefeated in big sky conference play and went dancing. And probably the last time, one of the last times that this arena was full on a, on a, on a regular basis, which is a, a little topic of conversation and undercurrent uh, status. So I missed out on that entire season due to some, some personal reasons. I was living out of state and uh, I, 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 a big piece of my heart miss, missing that great season by the Wildcats. Yeah. And then finally we have a man who missed out on seeing Lauren Hill because she canceled the show an hour before it was supposed to start. John King. It was a tough night. I'll be trying again this March when I go see the Fujis in Washington, DC. Um, but yeah, I was miseducation of Lauren Hill is my favorite album of all time. And I showed up and had my tickets and everything. And I, when I got there, they were like, not tonight. So <laughs> tough one for your boy. Not tonight. All right, guys on today's show, we got a player interview. We got do over. We're going to be talking to senior guard, Kobe McEwen. He's with us this week. Uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit about his journey from Canada to Mount Pleasant, Utah, up to Logan, to Milwaukee, and now to Ogden for his senior season. Talk a little bit about that. And then uh, we have a recap this week of the two games that the Wildcats played against Northern Arizona in the D and then against Portland State on Saturday, completing the trifecta that day. Absolutely whooping the, the Trailblazers. If only Real Salt Lake could have beat the Timbers, man. Would have just Utah decimating the Oregon Nah, anyway, and then we've got a game called over under. I got, I got some scenarios that I prepared for our panel. And so we're going to, we're going to put them to the test and see which, uh, which they will take the over or the under, uh, before we get into all that, I want to encourage everyone to subscribe to the show. That's whether that's on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find Weber state weekly. Uh, we're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Twitter, one of the best places to chat with us, especially on game day. And then uh, we've got, uh, we got a Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Weber state weekly, become a patron. You can get into our game day chat on uh, Slack. And then I've got some, uh, I've got some new juicy content that I'm working on for patrons first. So go to Weaver state weekly or go to patreon.com slash Weaver state weekly, become a patron and you'll get access to that. And then finally, we got a blog, weberstateweekly.com. It's a great place to uh, check out some of the content that we put out once it has been released to the general public. So all of that is good. Now let's uh, let's chat with senior guard, Kobe McEwen. Kobe, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. We appreciate you. Like I said, um, been a lot of success early for the Wildcats this season. Um, and it's nice that we're able to, you know, see new faces like you come in and make an immediate impact. You're an experienced player who has is a familiar face to, to Northern Utah, but I want to, I want to start out 
with um, kind of the genesis of the Kobe McEwen story, originally from Toronto, but then you played with former Wildcat Cody John at Wasatch Academy in Mount Pleasant. Uh, I didn't know very much about this Wasatch Academy, uh, to be honest, before I prepared for this interview. Well, uh, man, it is, is it a thing? Donovan Mitchell was at their game uh, last week. Uh, talk to us about how you ended up there, man, and how it launched your college career, because you played at some fantastic places because of that experience. Yeah, um, uh, a man named Gino Morgan um, came up to Canada. I was playing a little, I was playing like a little summer showcase under the summer showcase. Um, and it's probably like the best I've played all summer. And, um, you know, he, he came up to me after the showcase or the weekend was over and uh, he spoke to me and my dad about, um, uh, this opportunity that he had for me, um, uh, to go to school in Utah, obviously. Um, and like, at first, you know, I kind of didn't, I didn't know what to expect because I've never really heard anything about Utah other than the jazz. And I wasn't really sure what I was getting myself into. Uh, But, you know, um, he spoke with like real conviction and, you know, he had a vision for me and a plan. Um, And it just, I just believed him. Um, And my dad believed him. And I took a leap of faith and I left home when I was about like 15 and, um, I was like, that was probably the best decision I ever made in like recent years. So that's kind of like the gist of like, you know, how, how everything happened and how it started for me. Yeah. So ended up going down to Mount Pleasant, which like I said, can be kind of its own challenge, you know, leaving, I mean, Toronto's a big city, man. <laughs> that's, I live, that's a, I live downtown too. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's a place to be. And then all <laughs> of a sudden go to Mount Pleasant, Utah, like, Oh dang. We ain't in Toronto yeah. anymore. <laughs> real, real big uh, culture shock, um, yeah. but not really because the school had a lot of international students. Yeah. Um, but the surrounding town obviously was very shocking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've never lived near that many like farm animals before, so it's kind of it was kind of funny. But um, you know, I got used to it, and you know, like I said, it was probably the best thing or the best decision that. Um, that me and my parents made in my whole basketball career so far. So. And Kobe, you know, one of the few athletes that we've interviewed where the snow is probably better here in Utah than, than in Toronto, right? Like I, I, I spent a lot of time in New York city working and man, like East coast snow is it's different and the humidity is different. And it, it, I, I like what we have out here better when it comes to, to snowy weather. <laughs> Yeah, it's real slushy out there. It's like nasty. Uh, uh, the winters there are pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. Here, like uh, the the cold is not as piercing because of the humidity, uh, but it's still cold. But the snow is a lot better. It's a lot. It looks a lot cleaner. Um, but that that city feel, it kind of gets a lot like really dirty and really slushy. Um, but not East Coast winters are definitely different for sure. So, Kobe, you started your career up in Logan. Uh, you were uh, Mountain West uh, Freshman of the Year. Uh, you went to Milwaukee to attend Marquette for a couple of seasons, and now you, you, you've landed in Ogden. What have you taken from your journey uh, to Logan to Milwaukee, not to Ogden? What, what do you take from your previous stops that you bring to Ogden uh, as something that, that makes a difference on this Wildcat team? Uh <sighs> I feel like I just seen, I just seen how things were done from so many different angles. 
um, that I can kind of like paint a picture for myself on how things should be done. Um, and it's given me a different perspective on how to lead. Um, I've been considered a leader at all three spots, but each spot has been a pretty different type of leadership. I think, uh, here has probably been my most advanced. Um, I think in leadership, I've been more advanced in it just because I've been through a lot more and uh, I kind of know what to expect. And I've kind of been through all of the things that these guys are currently going through and I can kind of tell them, you know, how to like, uh, how to handle it, how to deal with it. You know, um, there were some situations that with some of our players, you know, I can vividly see myself a couple of years ago going through that same exact thing. And, um, and I, and when I went through it, I did all the wrong things that didn't help me. And some of the players on our team kind of, because they don't know any better are doing the same thing and I can kind of guide them the other way. Um, and help them um, do the right thing in those situations because I've done it wrong before. Um, so, like, um, I think the biggest thing would probably just be leadership. Um, I've been, I've played a lot of games. I've been, in, I've been in a lot of big moments. Um, so, I, like, I kind of know how to, what to expect and you know how to. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, man. Yeah, and how to uh, just just handle and approach those situations in the right way. So, I mean, a good point, man. Like you said, been in a lot of big games. I watched uh, the game last year against uh, Marquette taking on Wisconsin, which is a little, you know, that's a, there's a little rivalry right there. And that was a big game. Marquette ended up getting the dub that night against, against the Badgers. I think that game was in Milwaukee as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big, big game. I, I was going to ask you, Kobe, um, what was, is when you get those big games like Wisconsin and, and Marquette, What's the best arena environment you've played in? What, what you know, where you just walked in the arena and like, wow, this is cool. This is this is this is a great great atmosphere. Um, man, uh, that's a good question. I would say Xavier got a good home crowd. Um, trying to think of all the teams. Um, yeah, I would, I would like. I wouldn't even say it's close. I, in my opinion, I think I like Xavier's gym. Like I like their crowd and how they get amped up. Uh, probably second to them would probably be like Butler. Uh, when it gets full in but in the Hinklefield House, it gets pretty loud. Uh, I would say those two definitely in the Big East are like the craziest environments. That's great. Yeah. Kobe, one thing that we've kind of talked about the last couple of weeks on the podcast um, has, you know, been a really, really high level of team chemistry uh, so far this year. I mean, I think this team has really come, come together and gelled pretty quickly, especially since there's a decent number of new faces, um, decent number of new faces. And, you know, we lost our leading scorer in Isaiah Brown last year and it seems like the team has not missed a beat whatsoever. So how is, what, 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 what have you guys been doing to, you know, try to boost that thing? Because, um, you know, you guys, I mean, it looks like you guys are in midseason form and we're only in game eight. Uh, I think the biggest difference, like, especially from like all the schools that I've 
that I've been to is like, <laughs> we actually played basketball in practice, which is funny, like to hear, but like, it's not as common as you think, like, uh, on the other stops that I've been at, it's just like a bunch of drills and maybe a scrimmage at the end. But like, we get all of our reps from playing against each other. Um, and I think that's what like kind of built our chemistry, even from like the summer, it's been the same, you know, we've been playing against each other for a while. Um, so we kind of build that little chemistry, um, while like while we're playing in practice and then it carries over the games. So I think, um, as crazy as it sounds, like we actually play basketball in practice. Uh, you, you say that and it leads me to a, a, a really weird question, but who's the guy you hate to face in those, in those practices? Who's the guy on, on Weber's team that you're just like, gosh, I, I can't, I don't like guarding him. I don't like, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't, I, I don't have that problem. I'm like, I like. <laughs> I'm talking about. Well, that's I mean, like, that's exactly on, the answer. That's exactly the answer. Is the best answer. <laughs> oh man, we're, we're talking about a guy who was one Marquette's best defensive player in 1920 season. Guys, like we're talking about a guy who won freshman of the year in the Mountain West Conference. Like this guy plays defense. Like I, I, I know, I know. But but even let's switch it around on the offensive side. Who's the guy you don't want defending you? I also don't feel like I have that problem either, to be Beautiful. honest. So, so Kobe, I want to ask a little bit about defense. You know, you being a defensive guru, and and we've talked on the podcast a lot about how it seems like you guys get into a mode about, you know, quarter of halfway through the second half where you guys just lock it down on defense. I mean, what what what's helped you guys, the whole team, level up on, on defense this year? Uh, I think we got a lot of guys – uh, who can move on the perimeter, especially when we go small. Um, we can switch actions one through five with Dylan at the five. So it's kind of hard for defenses to like to drive and penetrate and kick because um, there's no, there's really no downhill, downhill advantages when you're switching. It's kind of like you're keeping the ball in front of you. Um, so it's kind of hard for defenses to get advantages. Uh, and then, you know, if, well, people might say if we go small, then our disadvantage is the post. Well, like Dylan might not be the tallest, but he's he's heavy. Um, so it's not easy to move him. And then um, we also got guys who, who can move their feet on the backside if they ever try to lob it over him. So uh, I think it's just our versatility defensively uh, when, we are, when we're able to switch. Even when we have our normal lineup out there, I think it's, it's just as good. Because um, I think Cody does a good job as well. Uh, or whoever, whatever big comes in, uh, Alex as well, who can move his feet for for a guy his size. Um, and sometimes we 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 have looks where we switch one through five on him on the floor, and he does pretty well with that. So um, I think that's just like kind of our biggest our biggest advantage is we're able to like, just switch a bunch of different actions and and we lock in the personnel. So whenever we do switch onto the different types of guys, we know exactly what their tendencies are and stuff. So um, the, the offense doesn't really gain a real advantage. I've, I've got to think as I've watched these games, the last two, especially um, there's been a lot of a really great perimeter defense. You're getting your hands into the passing lanes, um, getting a lot of tip balls um, that, that you're turning into turnovers. 
Um, but one of the things that impressed me is the help defense on those switches. When the, the usually when when you, you 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 there's a screen or something like that, and and the guy doesn't come over and help properly, doesn't make the right assignment. That's when the other team leads to an open basket. But this Wildcat team seems to be able to know their role, know where they're supposed to be on defense, and on those switches, like you say, they're they're getting right over there and they're helping. And and there's a lot of a lot of. Uh, uh, disrupted baskets and disrupted plays because the guys aren't getting open for the other team. And that's a credit to the defense. The Wildcats are playing. No, uh, yeah, definitely. It's a credit to our coaches too. You know, I think we're well prepared every game. Um, and then uh, our scout team does an amazing, amazing job of helping us prepare for the other team's uh, tendencies and some of the plays that they run. So when we're in the game, you know, it's, uh, it's just like practice. You know, we've been over this a bunch of times. So, um, you know, when we get into the game, all we got to do is just remember what we did in practice and, and then we do prepare well and we do lock in the preparation. So, um, you know, I think that's just our biggest key this year is, is just staying locked in in preparation and make sure we execute during the games and, um, our defense should be there every single game. So I want to talk a little bit more, Kobe, about that defense. Like we said, you well, you mentioned earlier in the interview that you had been a leader in the two places that you had played college basketball, Utah State, then again at Marquette, now at Weber State as a senior. Uh, I wanted to ask a little bit about that because you've been known for your defense. You're a person who can score the ball as well. Uh, we've talked a lot on the show early already this season about the fact that we've got there are just dudes on this team who have the ability to score. And if one guy's having an, an, an off night, maybe JJ's having an off night, Kobe can pick it up. DJ can pick it up. Uh, you know, Zaire can pick it up. Just there's so many guys, you know, Cody can pick it up. Anybody can, can pick it up on a given night and, and put 20 up on you or more if one guy's having a night off. But I wanted to talk about the impact that you've been able to have on the leadership side and talk about, you're, you've been known for your defense. You you put a lot of time into that. And so have you been able to kind of help guys and level up? Like talk to us about that leadership role that you've stepped into with this Wildcat squad and kind of helping guys get better because you've played in a lot of, you know, big places and played in a lot of big games. Yeah. Um, I think with my leadership, it's just about uh, keeping our team together um, because we have a lot of guys who were, who came from different spots and who were the man on their teams. And then we're coming together on one team, trying to accomplish a, a common goal. Um, and I think um, with my leadership, I think my job is just to keep that together and make, make sure that everyone knows that, um, that we're all in this for one thing and that's to win. Um, and we can't lose sight of that. Um, and, you know, teams are not perfect. You know, teams become like family, you know, and family, you know, you have disagreements and this, that, and the third. Um, but it's about just being able to get past those disagreements, those sometimes those hardships and uh, being able to put that aside for, like I said, to, you know, win something greater than, than or something that's bigger than you. So um, I think my, my role in that is just to make sure guys uh, don't lose sight of that. Um, and then that's just the biggest thing. And I've, like I said before, I've been through a lot. So, you know, um, when I notice little things here and there, uh, maybe someone not, might not be playing as much as they would have last year or at previous schools, I make sure that, you know, um, I try to keep them upbeat and, uh, let them know that their time is coming. Um, 
or, you know, just things like, just little things like that. Just trying to keep our team together is just really the, the whole main uh, basis of what I'm trying to say. Um, I think that's just the most important thing for our team. Uh, Kobe, last question that we're going to ask you here before we let you go is um, we've noted a couple of times the team is currently undefeated this season. Uh, the only undefeated team now in the state um, with Brigham Young losing to UVU uh, last week. And one of only, I think, 14 is the number that Ken Palm has right now. Uh, 14, un- it's now 12, 12 undefeated teams in the country. Um, this is a good team, a team that we haven't, uh, a team of this quality we haven't seen in Ogden in a while. Uh, and we've had some good teams. You know, the team last year was very good. Um, but you noted on social that, uh, and a couple of guys as well on the team, Dylan Jones and Zaire Porter as well, saying, hey, where are the fans at, man? Like, this is a good team. And there's nobody in the D right now. The Purple Palace is looking barren. And, uh, and it's like, what's, what's up guys? Like, what, what more do you need? You know, the dubs are coming and, uh, why aren't you getting to the gym? And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that because you've played at a place like the spectrum up in Logan, where it gets packed and it gets loud. I mean, the last time the Wildcats went to the spectrum, it did not go well <laughs> at all. It wasn't, it wasn't good. I was uh, there. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chappie was up there and, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a rough night against, against the Aggies who were a tournament team that year. Um, you played at Marquette, you've played in, you know, the big East, um, fans start showing up in Ogden. And I just wanted to know, like, like what's, what's the suggestion for them? Like what, what more do they need? What more can we do as fans or as, you know, folks that care a lot about the Wildcats to get butts and seats in, in the D and, and provide that atmosphere, that home court advantage that the D should be because it's one of the best, if not the best facilities in the conference. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, I, I mean, for me, where I'm coming from, you know, I'm kind of used to people being in seats, um, even in like low caliber games, you know, um, you know, games that you got that team should win. Like there's people there. Um, but I think um, the other night I did direct my tweet to the fans, um, but then I did some reflecting and, you know, I think, I think, you know, we have to do our part, uh, as a program. And this is, this is what I'm talking about in terms of like, um, since I've been here, um, we haven't really like engaged with the community. Um, I like at other schools, I would probably be going to read to kids at elementaries doing community service um, have hosting events for like the community to come in and get to know the players, um, autograph signings. Uh, we did like a summer camp. Um, obviously every school does those, but you know, I think, um, us as a program, you know, we have to do our part, um, for people to want to come see us because it's going to, it's going to be easier for, uh, for fans to want to go watch people that they feel like they, they know, or at least they feel like, Oh, like, Hey, I met Kobe last weekend. And he was, you know, we were talking about this or, you know, we go to, um, um, elementary and read children's books to the kids. And then the the kids are all excited and they're begging their parents to now we got to go watch them play or, um, now going to like maybe local high schools and doing, you know, something where we can get those kids excited to, to come watch our games and maybe get their siblings to come and then get their parents to buy tickets, you know? So, um, 
like I said, my tweet was directed at the fans at first. Um, and I'm not apologizing for it, but you shouldn't. We also, <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> we, we, we also, we also can do our part. Um, and, you know, I tried to do my part and try to give away tickets. So, like, okay, you guys, people are complaining about prices. I just, okay, I'm giving away free tickets. Like, what can you tell me now? Or, um, just, or like just general ideas, like hosting, like, like having like $1 ticket games, see how many people show I, up. I, I think you've hit on a, on a theme that, uh, all of us on the panel here have experienced at one point or another. And I, and I was thinking about this and there's been a whole hubbub on social media, uh, the Facebook comments and the Weaver state fans page, um, stuff related to your tweet, Kobe. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to be proud. I've had season tickets for, for 15 plus years. I've been attending games regularly for, for over 25. That's a flex. Okay, I started, He's flexing. Uh, that is a flex. That is a flex. <laughs> I, I started attending games at the purple palace when I was a freshman in 1997 and I'm just showing my age now. Um, wow. But one thing that I've been thinking about this week is how the game presentation inside the arena is exactly the same in 1997 as it is in 2021 exactly the same they really? haven't changed much of the music they haven't changed no offense to rob alexander but they haven't changed the pa announcer hey the i like sponsors. rob I, I do like rob i'm not getting i'm not i'm not digging on rob i'm just saying <laughs> that, that it's that it's that it's the the same production it's the same sponsors it's the same promos it's the same everything inside the arena and you hit on something that i've shared with leaders at the university leaders of the wildcat club uh, leaders around the community that, that we've got to get fans. Uh, Chappie hit on it. And, and I can't remember if we were on the air for the conversation, but we've got to get fans when they're young, get the kids excited to come out to games, get the kids. You That's start exactly them as, it. as, as eight, nine, 10 year olds being fans and being excited. And I got to meet that player and I got to, you know, my yeah. kids, my kids go to school here in Ogden and, and they talk about the time that Leo, the lion from real came three years ago. To this day, dad, you remember when Leo the Lion from Real Salt Lake came to our school? You know, that that makes an impression. You get those kids to the game, you show them a good time, you make it a, a good environment, and they're fans for life. And mm -hmm. and those those family ties that Chappie talks about with the schools down south and, and the school that you used to play for, where where people are are locked into these things for as their family. My family's a wildcat family. My kids have been going, I've been taking my kids to Weber State basketball since they were born carrying them in, in their, in their car carrier, because I want them to love Weber state and, 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 and be involved in, in the great thing that Weber state has done for our family. Uh, my family wouldn't exist if it weren't for Weber state university. I mean, that's, that's how invested I am in it, but I, I got to tell you, we, th there's something wrong when the game presentation and the marketing of the games is exactly the same and hasn't changed for 25 plus years. Yeah. Oh, no, sure. Uh, I mean, Real quick, you you have a fan for life. My my nine year old that was with me, she's looking in the game program and she's like, "So, so Dad, who was it that?" You, and she had she had your face circled in the game program, and, and Sigu, man, for some reason, it's like Sigu. I think it's the name for and I, whatever it is. She's like, "Yeah, which one's Sigu?" Number like she's got you two circled in the game program <laughs> every night. So you, you have fans for life there. But that's exactly it. Like she's nine, and like she she'll tell me like a month before. You know, starting in October, she's like, "When does Weaver State basketball start?" I'm like, yeah, now, man, yeah. we're going. Yeah, like that's how it's got to be. Like that's what I said. Like we got to go and branch out and 
do stuff in the community on our free time, you know, just to make sure that that we make, we build relationships with people. Um, and we, like, since I've been here, we haven't, we haven't done much of it. Um, so, um, that's something that I've, I spoke to, uh, our AD about, and I'm, I'm willing to give up some of my time to go out and try to get people to our game. So, you know, that's, that's what I've done at every school. So it's not going to be anything different. Um, mm-hmm. so uh, I think that's, that's probably where it definitely starts. And then we just got to keep winning, obviously, you know, and, um, eventually the world will get out. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, you definitely started a conversation and it's been a good one. And I think it's been a productive one. So Kobe McCune, want to thank you so much, man, for taking some of your time to chat with the community here, chat with us here on Weaver State Weekly about your journey and about, about those dubs, man. I mean, we're going to be rooting for you. Uh, you guys will be taking the trip up to Pullman, Washington this week. Uh, going to be taking on the Washington State Cougars up in Pullman and uh, wish you the best of luck. And then you'll be back home here on Saturday to take on Maine, Fort Kent, which, uh, uh, that's going to be a, a fun game to be at. Uh, just it's going to be a great opportunity. So get to the game folks. Yes. Kuhn, thanks so much for coming on Weber state weekly. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, guys. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate you, man. Thanks. Thanks again. All Thank right, you, Kobe. All right, my guys, I'll see you guys later. Yeah. yeah we'll see you, man. So, all right, guys. Um, we talked a lot about, um, we talked a lot about, uh, with, with Kobe about, you know, this kind of winning streak and the dubs. So let, let's get into a couple of those dubs this week. The Wildcats ended up taking on as a, a, a conference week uh, amidst the non-conference schedule, taking on Northern Arizona, the lumberjacks came up to Ogden and then uh, Portland state also came down to Ogden to, uh, to face the Wildcats Wildcats coming out with those with two dubs. And so let's start with the first, which was the, the Jacks on Thursday night. The thing that stood out to me most in this one, guys, we talked a little bit about that defensive effort, about getting deflections, getting hands and passing lanes, 28 turnovers in this game. The Wildcats were absolutely everywhere, just being a thorn in every single lumberjack player's side. We talked about defense as the calling card for this team, but I mean, did you guys expect 28? Like, dang. I don't think you ever expect 28 turnovers, you know, going into a basketball game. I mean, that's a pretty... That's a pretty incredible number. Um, it doesn't matter who you're playing at the end of the day. If you force 28, you know, 28 turnovers, that's, that's ridiculous, unbelievably high level defense period. You know, any level of basketball doesn't matter if it's youth basketball or, you know, division one college basketball or the NBA, um, which I think, you know, I think that that's going to be something that, is imperative for the Wildcats to keep doing over the season because there's only one thing that worries me about this team, and that has been the rebounding number so far. Yeah, so far this season, and so you know, in the Northern Arizona game, the Wildcats were out rebounded forty three to thirty one. Um, but you can make up for you, you can make up for rebounding totals by forcing turnovers. I mean, because turnovers, just like rebounds, I mean, they're all they are, are extra possessions. And so mm-hmm. you, we won't have as many of those, obviously, as we possibly can. And so, you know, that's one thing that you know, that I, I, I believe I said it last week. If I didn't say it last week, I said it the week before. But that's going to be something I think we should definitely be watching throughout the season um, because I do think that, that, that forcing turnovers is going to be a big part of the success of this team. Um, just because of the extra opportunities that it creates. 
Happy your Sean thoughts on 28 turnovers and the win over Northern Arizona, 67 to 44. Let me make sure I'm on the, the right ball game here. Um, uh, against Northern Arizona, you mentioned the, the 28 turnovers, but I'm going to, I'm going to challenge that. That was great. Awesome. I believe it was a school record. Um, but, uh, we only had 16 points off those turnovers. Okay. Now, some of those, you know, the fast break points, we had 19, uh, you're, you know, you, some of these turnovers are, are 24 second clock, uh, violations and different things. Um, I'd like to see more points off the turnovers. Um, but that's picking at nits for this team. We're undefeated. Be happy with the win golden age. Weaver state sports. We've had that conversation. Um, I, I really, I, I just really like what the team's doing right now. Um, they were off from the three point line on Thursday yeah. night. Um, but that didn't matter. Northern Arizona is not one of the top tier teams in the big sky. Um, and we took care of business when we needed to take care of business on Thursday night. Uh, it was a great game all around, but I, I love the defense. And we talked about that with Kobe, uh, the hands in the lanes and, and, and the help side defense uh, on both games that I was impressed with. Yeah, Wildcats shot just 15% from three on uh, Thursday night, four of 26. So cold shooting night, rough, rough go. I wanted to see if you guys felt that it was more just an off night shooting or, you know, maybe NAU should be getting some credit for that, you know, because they were able to take away the three point line. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was to me the biggest takeaway from the game. And yeah, I mean, NAU is traditionally always just seems to be a thorn in the side of Weep State. <laughs> but to me, if you guys remember going, yeah, going back to last season, um, you guys remember, you know, the first kind of sign that we had that things were were interesting with the team last year was, uh, if you remember, we, we weren't finishing games that we should have against teams that we should have beat. Like, yeah. right? you remember, we, we lost Portland to Portland State. State. Portland yeah. State was the prime example, right? Yeah. And 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 they didn't do that this year. They had a two game set, early conference games earlier than than, than normal, and you know we took care of both teams handily. Uh, especially Northern Arizona, which to me is a great sign. It means that we're, if you beat the teams you should, then you end up in a, in a really good spot by the end of the year. Right. Because I mean, the challenges are coming. Uh, the teams like, I mean, Northern Colorado has proved to be very good this year. I mean, Montana state uh, is a good team this year. I think that we have yet to see how good Montana can be, but we always know that they can be good. Travis DeCure always has a good defensive unit up there. It's just a matter of whether they can score enough points. Uh, but I mean, and Iwu has shown to be a scrappy team. We we mentioned, I can't remember if we mentioned it before, but Eastern Washington beat Washington state who the Wildcats will face this week. I mean, there are some teams. And so, like you said, Chappie, you have to take care of business against the teams that you should against the Northern Arizona's and the Portland States of, of the conference. So that when the battles come, uh, you are not totally up a Creek because you lost the close games uh, and you're finding yourself in the top four you know, when it comes conference tournament time. And uh, if guys, I could just add, add there, Colby, um, the, the mantra that we've learned from coach Ray over all these years, win at home 500 on the road. Um, and that that's always the goal. They took care of business in the purple palace this weekend. Um, and, and we'll have our shot, but I don't think anybody on this panel and please forgive me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anybody in this panel thinks this team is going to, run the table in the big sky. It's just too difficult to do, which is why missing that 2003 season for me was so heartbreaking. I don't know. I think if you ask, so, well, two points there. Number one, Sean, I was a freshman at Weber state in 2003. 
and I went to a ton of games that year, including the NCAA tournament game. So I, I guess I'm now it's my turn to flex. Um, but I think if you asked the players, I think they would say they were running it. Uh, the, the players we've talked oh, to so far, they would. They I, would I want the players to say game. that they're going to run the table. I, I we want that. That that's it's exactly true, what we. Want. I think they believe it. I think they genuinely. I mean, I am excited for them because even a lot of the guys that were here last year, you know, they they didn't get to see Dahlberg arena full and loud and nasty. Right. Like yep. that's going to be fun for that place. <laughs> that's going to be fun to go up to Look, Dahlberg I, arena and see nasty. I'm people. telling you guys right now, there is no game on the schedule um, after January one, that the Wildcats should not be favored to win. Now, are they going to win all of them? I don't know, but they should be favored to win every game after January 1st. Um, and it's only and happened that's once. It's only happened once, so it's not likely. But yeah, it's it, it's it, it's just you know. It, look, at the end of the day, it's it's we know it's a tough league. We know that there's going to be some 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 good teams, um, you know, all around the conference. I mean, at the end of the day, we can all we, we can we can all dream for that perfection. But like, even in you know, unless you're Gonzaga, I mean, how many teams go on to you know in general in all of college basketball go undefeated in the conference? It just doesn't happen. Right. It's just too. It's just too hard, you know, with the, how, you know, with how the three point line has totally, you know, has been such a big deal in, you know, college basketball. And, you know, it's just, I honestly think that going undefeated in your conference in college basketball, unless you're Gonzaga and you're so much higher than, you know, the rest of the teams in the WCC, um, that, that actually might be one of the, you know, that, that actually might, uh, it might be the hardest thing to do in sports, to be quite honest with you. So, cause you just don't see it that often at all. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Uh, guys, I wanted to move on to the Saturday set against Portland state. Um, this was ended up being the third matchup between the Vikings and the Wildcats that day opened the day against the volleyball team in the NIVC second round of the tournament there. Wildcats ended up winning that one, three sets to one. Then the women's team absolutely hammered the, the, the Portland state Vikings in Portland. And then, and we'll talk about that tomorrow on a, on a women's hoop show. And then the nightcap was the Wildcats taking on the Vikings in the purple palace, getting the dub there. Uh, the score ended up being 80, 69 to 80 Wildcats uh, winning by 11. And so uh, question for you guys for the panel is in that one, it was, there was a lot of balanced scoring. I'd say it was kind of a balanced attack Four Wildcats and double figures and a double, double from, um, from Dylan Jones, do it all DJ. And so uh, we talked a little bit about this with, with Kobe, where it's like, there are so many guys who can just get it done for you on a given night. Somebody's not having a good night. There's a very good chance that somebody else steps up. Um, I mean, should we just get used to this? Is this, is this who this Wildcat team is? There's just so many weapons that somebody's going to step up. Yes. The, the answer is yes. And, and the one that stepped up on Saturday was Zaire Porter, yeah. uh, you know, man, man who's not even in the starting lineup. And so Yes, that, that's exactly what it was. Uh, when I was watching the game on Saturday, the big, big takeaway for me was that it was Sigu was on from three. Dylan Jones was doing his thing. And and Zaire Porter was 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 a scoring machine. Uh, you know, J.J. Overton and Kobe McEwen, they were playing defense. They didn't have to. They didn't have to have big games and scoring wise. And so they didn't. And uh, and yes, to me, that is the theme of the season so far is that. Uh, we we do not have to have one person to rely on every game. It, it can be any number of guys in on any night. 
I mean, think about this. How many games last year did did Cody Carlson dominate, right? I mean, he was the leading guy, especially early in the year. He was the, he was the leading guy a lot and he hasn't even had to, to do that. His, his scoring has come in, in needed places. And so to me, that's how much more depth we have on the scoring end of, of, of the court this year. Yeah. And I mean, looking at the minutes, it, it feels like, you know, coach Ray ended up going with the hot hand because Carlson started the game, but only played 11 minutes, 20 minutes went to Zaire Porter, seeing the success that he was having, especially, you know, running a lot, lot of, lot of buckets at the rim for him shot 40% from the field, two of six from three. Uh, I mean, a good night overall, that's 33%. And then two for two from the line, like coach Ray identifying that saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to give some minutes here to Porter and uh, let him do his thing. You know, just into Alex Chu. Had a good night as well. Three or five from field goal range. So, and then I feel like the Wildcats returned to more of their normal numbers, shooting 41% from the floor, 36% from three, 81% from the line. Like that feels like a more normal night for the Wildcats. Would you all agree? Definitely. Sure. And, and, and Colby, ahead, you know, one thing, you know, from both the games this weekend um, compared to the rest of the season, I mean, you know, both, I think, one of the most encouraging signs for the Wildcats is that, you know, we didn't shoot the ball particularly well last weekend. I mean, you know, not as well as we have shot the ball. Um, so, so far this season, and we still won both games. I think when you look at the box score, you know, from the, from the game against Portland state, I think the most important thing to look at was, I mean, you know, we did shoot 36% from beyond the arc, um, but we got to line 21 times. And so when you're not having when you're not having the, you know, the best shooting, you know, the best shooting luck, um, uh, in, in a game, um, you know, you can make up those points at the free throw line. And I think the Zahir Porter was extremely, extremely, you know, helpful, um, uh, when it came to that, because I mean, he drove the ball, to the basket, he got sick, you know, he got, um, he shot six foul shots and, you know, um, I, I, I don't think that it's going to be a thing moving forward that, you know, we have to get, you know, two games where we don't shoot the ball incredibly well. Um, cause we have shot it really, really well prior to this weekend. So hopefully what that means is, you know, law of averages coming around that, you know, we're going to shoot the lights out when we show up in Pullman on, uh, on Wednesday night. I, I agree with that. I do want to caution everybody with, with one thought. And, and as we noticed in the second half, the Wildcats went over four minutes in the second half stuck on 69 points. Nice. Um, but the, the, uh, nice. <laughs> well, <man>. Sorry. <laughs> I had to throw that out there. Uh, but the, the uh, we we still are going stretches where where the the ball wasn't going in the hoop and frankly in arena and I'm 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 throwing this out there for Chappie to go on a rant about attendance like I did earlier in the show but the 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 natives were getting restless and luckily for the Wildcats Portland State wasn't able to take advantage of the lead was mostly intact for for the stretch run they got it as close as ten. Um, uh, through the rest of the game uh, before the final 11 point uh, margin. But uh, I, I've got to think that even as deep as Weber state is, there's still opportunities that, that we need to do better. And there was some ugly basketball um, in, in the third quarter and then second half of, of Saturday night's game. So by that, both teams, that was one of my big, my, my negative from the game was that was that they discipline on offense 
at that point that that junction, the game left a little bit to be desired, right? They were, they were taking some quick shots. They weren't flowing. They, they weren't taking shots within the flow of the offense. It, it was, there was a stretch there. Where it was like, yeah, the, we need to slow it down and run, run the offense the way it needs to be run or, or fast break. And they were doing neither. So yes, that was one negative for me where there's room for improvement was that definitely have a little bit more discipline on offense. Well, fellas, parting thoughts on this one before we wrap up our game. Yes. <laughs> so, what? Is, it, is this, is this soapbox chappy time? Let's do it. Quickly. Uh, very one minute. Quickly. You get 60 seconds. It's like my round the horn time. Okay. Um, folks. Yes. On the, on the topic of attendance, I have thought about this all weekend, texted numerous people in the community, had all kinds of ideas. Here's what it comes down to for me. Guys, and, and hush your kids' ears, people in Salt Lake don't give a damn about Ogden. <laughs> people in Provo don't give a damn about Ogden. People in Logan, they don't even know what Ogden, they just think it's Ogden. I don't know. They think it's the same city or whatever. Everybody else does. I Be proud of your town, man. Be proud of the town. If you want to root for BYU, and I'm saying this a little bit of myself, it's a lot of you know my yeah, I was dad. like, wait, 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 wait. My, my, my dad, born and raised, dad born and raised me a BYU fan. I mean, I, my most pleasant memories of childhood are sitting in a garage with him working and listening to BYU football games. So that's always a thing. When it came time to choose school, I, I chose here. When it came time to have an alumni that you root for, a school that you root for, it, it's Weber State. And when I go to BYU events, Great. You're watching a school you support, right? When I go to a Weber state event, I always run into somebody from my neighborhood, somebody from previous neighborhoods, somebody from work. I always run into the family. I run into people that are, that are, uh, that are us, that are our town. I don't, you know, that doesn't happen at the other schools. So I don't know, even if you are a U or a Y or a USU grad and you're living in Ogden, like they don't, they don't care about you. There's no Ogden branch of any, any of those alumni associations. And I know the first thing somebody's going to say is, yeah, well, Weber state doesn't really care either about people in Ogden and whatever that's neither here nor there, but you're here support the team where you are. Okay. Mike drop from Chappie. Now we're moving on to our game called over under. I've got a few scenarios. We'll run through these really quickly. And uh, you guys can just give me your takes really fast. And so very first one I prepared for you guys, um, a little too early for true over-unders on this one. So I came up with my own. Wildcats will score 60.5 against Wazoo on Wednesday night. You taking the over or the under, John King? Taking the over. Um, I think we're, uh, uh, I think we're due for, uh, you know, high you know, like a mid forties game from, uh, uh, from behind the three, behind the three point line somewhere where we shoot like, you know, 44, 45% beyond the arc. Um, so I think we're going to go up there and I think, I think, I think we're going to shoot, shoot it pretty well. And when you shoot it pretty well, you're normally in it. So things, things go well. All right, Sean Lewis, you taking the over or the under on 60.5 in Pullman on Wednesday. I want to know who's setting these lines. The Wildcats are scoring 79.8 per game on the season. So you're asking me if they're going to score 20 points less than their average season average. It's, it's a it's against a, a, media, a mediocre powder power five opponent. That's already that's, lost to Eastern. That's Washington. the term powder five opponent. Good job, <laughs> Sean. Ooh. Just came up with that on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> Over. 
the answer's over because the Wildcats put the ball in the hoop. All right. Chappie, got a clean sweep? It's going to be over. My reasoning is looking at Washington State scores, there's been one game where they've been under 60 points and it was 51. They've they've scored they scored 109 points against Idaho. Wow. Um so yeah, if 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 the if the flow of the game is the way that 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 either team plays, it's certainly going to be over 60. It's not like Washington State's playing lockdown defense and slow it down basketball. All right. Next one I've got up for our panel, Dylan Jones, favorite here at Weaver State Weekly. We love do it all DJ. Uh, he's been getting it done, uh, getting his double doubles in. I think he's only got like two games this season where he doesn't have a double double. Um, I got him. I'm, I put the line at 11.5 rebounds against Wazoo. You taking the over or the under on that boys. I'm going to take the under just because 11 and a half rebounds. Um, you know, I think, I think, uh, um, I, I think it's a, it's, it's a high total. Um, so, you know, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go under with that. Love it would, you know, if, if, if he go if he goes over, obviously, but I'm, I'm going to take the under on that one. Yeah. 12, 12 could be a tough number to get to on, on the boards, especially, you know, depending on the guys that you're playing, Sean Lewis, what about you over under on 11.5? I, I, I wish this line, I, I wish I could push this. Like you could get a half a no rebound push. like you do in sacks, uh, sacks in football. No, I'm, I'm going to take the under the under against Wazoo. Uh, mostly because of height disadvantages. I think Wazoo is going to win the rebounding uh, battle against Weber State. Um, Weber State still gets the win, but I think the rebound is going to be close. Um, Dylan's averaging 11.3 on the season. You So you basically are asking if he's going to hit his season average. Um, and But I'm going to take the under with John. I, I think the, the height of the Pac-12 uh, Washington State Cougars is the difference. Jappy? Yeah, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to be the one here. Oh, man, taking the over. If for anything, because if there's one thing I know about Dylan Jones from us chatting with him on Weber State Weekly, the man loves a challenge. And, he does. Uh, and, and he, he loves to go up against competition. He, he, he tends to shine in those situations, and he's going to come and bring his lunch pail and, and, and play the way he plays. Go to work. All right, guys, I got one more before we wrap the show up. Um... So I've been waiting for this. Uh, I'm going to skip. The, I was going to ask you guys whether you thought the Wildcats would score more than 85 points against Maine. Uh, fake oh, the over. Take the over. Yeah, he's going to smash the over on that one. So I'm going to skip that one. I'm going to go to J.J. Overton. I feel like J.J. has been good. J.J. has been good. Um, but I feel like that breakout game is just on the horizon for him. You know, things just haven't necessarily fallen his way sometimes. Like, I just feel like he's right about there to just have this blowout game. And so... Over or under on this one, guys, on Saturday against uh, against a you know a lesser opponent, if you were, uh, if you will, JJ Overton breaks out with twenty two point five points on Saturday. Taking the over or the under on that? Um, I'm going to take the over because I think in that particular game, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Um, so uh, and 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 normally when there are a lot of points scored, those points are scored by the guards. Um, JJ is going to handle the ball quite a bit in that game. I, I'm going to take the over on that one. All right. Sean Lewis, 22.5 on Saturday for JJ Overton. Taking the over or the under. Ah, this this is tough for me. His his season high is 21 against UMass. He's had 18 against Washington, Colorado, 16 against Green Bay, 14 against Dixie, and 13 against Ball State. Um, he's kind of up saying. and down on the season. 
Um, this is a this is a great line, and and I think he's due. I'm I'm going to smash the over. You're taking the over. I mean, like I said, it is a lesser opponent, and and there probably will be a lot of buckets scored, so it would make sense. But Chappy, what about you? Over or under on twenty two point five for JJ Overton on Saturday afternoon? I'm taking the under, not because I don't think that JJ is capable of it, but because I think that he's probably going to be out of the game by halftime. Because they're going to put the bench in. Oh, I like that, Chappy. I like that. Although I did, I did, I did learn something this evening. Um, you know, I didn't, you know, because you guys will have to forgive me, but my, you know, University of Maine for Kent knowledge is is pretty. <laughs> what you're not big on the Seawolves? Yeah, the Seawolves is that their mascot? The Seawolves? I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, the uh, yes, yeah, it's the Seawolves or the Seahawks. Yeah, Seawolves. Well, there we go. As much of a shock as that may come to you guys, um, they belong. Oh, no, no, no. They're the Bengals. Wow. Never yeah, mind. Like, Miss, like missed that one. How much do you know, Chappie? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, Whatever's on their website. <laughs> but um, uh, no, I, 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 I learned that they belong to the United States Collegiate Athletic Association. And I have never, ever heard of that and did not know that was a, t- a thing until about two minutes ago. Um, so what is I, that? You went, was that NAIA or what? It's not NAIA. It's its own. I, I see. I think that's lower than NAIA. It is oh. separate organization. Here, here's what Wikipedia says because I'm I'm reading that right now. United States Collegiate Athletic, Athletic Association. By the way, this is great, great podcasting right here. Is a national organization for intercollegiate athletic programs of 77 mostly small colleges, including some community slash junior college across colleges across the United States. The USCAA holds 15 national championships and two national invitationals an- annually. So yeah, they're just a competing entity to both the NAIA and the NCAA and the NCCAA. You know, can't forget we've had some national Christian College Athletic Association uh, opponents come to the Purple Palace. Um, and, and at least in my time following the Wildcats, but I had never heard of this organization until yeah. like about two months ago. So, so here's, I, I, here's, here's the beautiful thing here. I was trying to see if our favorite opponent from last year, Yellowstone Christian Christian was, was, was in, it was NAI or lower. And when you click on athletics, it, it goes to a web web page, expired owner login page. And you're looking at the, uh, the Centurions, the Yellowstone Baptist <laughs> Centurions page. So that's how good athletics Guys, is up there. I, I got to tell you that the, um, the notable alumni on the Wikipedia page for uh, Maine Fort Kent, and I'm not trying to make fun of the school at all, but is Kamika Forbes, Association Football Goalkeeper for Trinidad and Tobago Women's National Football Team. That's the list. That's the list of notable alumni for Maine Fort Kent. Which is which is weird because every time you look at it doesn't matter who it is like it's just I, I feel like the 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 notable people list is always a list of which politician went to your you know your school and it could be a politician yeah, yeah. you know mayor of some odd city <laughs> that you've never even heard of the United States senator when I have like what's somebody from Trinidad and Tobago doing in Maine man. How do you make that choice? I, I believe the well, answer I mean, is freezing. Well, I was going to say what, what you what you guys what, what you guys you know fail to fail to see is the the, the main four Kent recruiting budget. And it's off the chart. I mean, you know they <laughs> we they the world trap. We are <laughs> off the rails. All, all this to say is that the Wildcats are going to blow out that game on Saturday afternoon. And JJ Overton's going to get the over on twenty two and a half. Yeah, I think you're right. 
right, guys, upcoming games, uh, Wednesday, December 8th at Washington State, taking the trip up to Pullman, like we said. Uh, folks will be getting on the, the plane on Tuesday, so they will take on the Cougars Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Mountain Time. That'll be on the Pac-12 Network, or you can listen to Steve Klauke on 103.1 The Wave. Then Saturday, December 11th, taking on Maine Fort Kent, 2.30 p.m. That's, that's a it's kind of a matinee deal. You could go and see the Lady Wildcats play. And then uh, you, you can stick around and uh, see the men play. They're, they're playing back-to-back. So I think the ladies are at 12. The men are at 2.30. So you can spend the whole day in the, in the, in the Purple Palace there. Uh, that game will be on ESPN Plus and 103 on the wave. Then the following week, I will personally be attending this, this game. So Weber State Weekly Night at the D, Wednesday, December 15th, Utah State coming down from Logan to take on the Wildcats in the Purple Palace, 7 p.m. The game is on KJAZ. Uh, and it will also be on 103 on the wave. So if you're out of market, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't know if it'll also be that. That'll be on the ES Plan Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah they'll, they'll well. broadcast that. Yeah, it, it falls. It falls in the same category as like the SWX games in Montana and Washington, Idaho, where local broadcast, but it's still going to be you're right. going to see that fee or the, the or ones where you're home, watching home like football the games, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. it. Feels okay. on the same thing. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, Saturday, December eighteenth. Brigham Young comes to town. They come up to the Purple Palace, 6 p.m. at the Purple Palace, like I said. Game will be on KJAZ, ESPN Plus, and 103 won the wave. So what I'm saying is come hang out with us on Wednesday night, December 15th. I will be in Utah in the Purple Palace wearing this jersey, uh, ready to watch the Wildcats roll against the Aggies. So be there, be square. Um, wrap up the show, email us, weberstateweekly@gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've got Patreon, patreon.com slash weberstateweekly and the blog, weberstateweekly.com. All right, fellas. Good to chat with you. Uh, looking forward to, uh, seeing you next week in person, live and in color. So I'll say it like I usually do. Weber state, Weber state. Great. Great. Great, man. We almost did it. Go out. Yeah, the stupid mute button. Oh, man. I want you guys to know that when Jessica and I did this earlier, we didn't screw up. Just saying. There's two of you. It's me. It's my fault. My fault. <laughs>